What's up, everybody? It's Rob. Um, you know, it's been two weeks since I did the podcast. Uh, I hope everybody had a you know good holiday season. I hope you know 2019 ended well for you. Um, Happy New Year! So I hope that 2020 is uh, you know we're less than a week into it, but hopefully 2020 is is treating everybody well so far. Um, I know I had a good time over the holidays. You know, I talked to some people I haven't talked to in a long time. Um, you know, friends, family. Um, you know, I just had a, my New Year's was just, you know, a, a good time. I just had fun. Um, didn't do the podcast for two weeks and it was kind of weird, you know, last week not putting out an episode. Um, you know, it seems like there was a, a lot that happened, even though, you know, there was a lot of games from the last time I did a podcast, but uh, not much really has happened. Now we got the transfer market open and, you know, we still got another like three weeks. Um, nothing major has happened yet um you know most of the stuff i guess the stuff that was major that happened um you know as far as players moving we kind of already knew you know before the end of the year before the market even opened that players were talking to certain teams or you know players were planning on making moves or you know they made their plans known to the public or to the media um so no surprises there's no shocks that have happened as of yet um same thing with games to me, it seems like there was really nothing too shocking that's happened since the, uh, the last time I talked to you guys. Um, but yeah, th- today's show, I'm going to keep it a little bit looser than I usually do. Um, you know, I'm just going to try something a little bit different out. I mean, I think I've tried this before, but uh, yeah, we'll just go with it. So first, I'm going to start off with um, a transfer that not really a transfer because it's a free basically, but uh, something that, you know, I predicted i think a lot of people kind of predicted that it was going to happen uh zlatan finally moving back to syria um you know after finishing up with the la galaxy you know he's kind of been in limbo since you know the galaxy got knocked out of the playoffs i believe it was in october the end of october um and you know he's been linked to go back to uh, ac milan but you know then you know some other stuff happened within syria that kind of put that potentially into doubt Um, especially when Ancelotti got, you know, fired by Napoli and now, you know, he's at Everton. So, um, right after Zlatan's time with LA Galaxy ended, you know, there was talk that he might go to, to, to Napoli, you know, work with Ancelotti and, you know, then Ancelotti got sacked Now he's at Everton. So I was reading and seeing a whole bunch of stuff on Twitter about him, you know, potentially going to like Bologna or Everton. He definitely wasn't going to go to AC Milan. But like I predicted, um, which I think a lot of people saw happening anyway, um, he is back at AC Milan. Um, you know, he had his first match. They played against like some lower level team. The final score ended up being 9-0, but, uh, but he, he actually scored in that match. Um, he's wearing number 21. He's not going to be able to wear his number 11. Um, but yes, Zlatan is back. So, you know, I think it's great for, you know, not only Serie A, but also for, uh, you know, for... European football in general and you know right now he's only on a like a six-month deal so you know the deal will run out in you know uh, in during when the summer transfer market opens Um, and right now he's 38 years old I'm not sure when his birthday is but uh, he's 38 but he definitely is not playing like he's 38 years old so you know seeing Zlatan and how he was playing in uh, in the MLS you know I could see him potentially playing until he's like 41, 42. Uh, you know, obviously the MLS is a lot different from Italy. Um, you know, we'll see how, 
how, how things work out and, you know, how he, uh, how he fits in with the team. Um, but I don't see him, I don't see him slowing down. I mean, you know, those three months, I guess that he wasn't playing, I'm sure he was training hard, but, uh, you know, it'd be interesting to see, you know, how he is. And, you know, he's already been talking about like, you know, playing against Ronaldo and whatnot. So, um, that'll definitely be interesting to see. I'm, I'm interested to, to see, you know, how their season is going to go. Um, you know, now that he's back in there, you know, right now they are, AC Milan is nowhere to be found in the table. Um, well, top six at least. And, uh, you know, I mean, who knows, maybe he can get them into like a Europa league spot for next season, maybe, or, you know, at least upset some, some of the bigger teams, you know, especially inter, um, you know, with that rivalry, but we'll see, but I'm just, I'm excited because, you know, he's playing in my time zone again and, uh, you know, just be good to see him back in Europe. You know, he, he's been out of Europe since he, uh, since he left Manchester United. Um, all right, moving on to another piece of news, not really anything transfer related, but, uh, you know, we know that Liverpool won the club world cup, um, you know, in the beginning of December, um, but because of the way the Premier League is and their rules, and I get it, you know, they're like this conservative league. That's why they don't have stars above their badges and, you know, all this other stuff. The Premier League is not going to allow Liverpool to wear the Club World Cup badge. Now, they did allow them to wear it for one match during uh, when they were playing against, I believe it was Wolves. And, you know, it looked it looked good. I think that they should be allowed to. I mean, that's just me. I think it looks good. I think... You know, you're the champ. They're the champions, the club champions of the world. You know, why would you not want to have that on showcase in your league? You know, which you know a lot of people will say is the best league in the world, uh, mainly because of the parody of it. But uh, they got to wear it. They wore it last night. They played in the FA Cup, um, so they were allowed to wear it. But I, to me, I don't know. You're just the you're the best team in the world. Well, why not best club team in the world? Why would you not be able to wear that? They'll be able to wear it during the Champions League. Which, you know, it's no issue, but I don't understand why the Premier League is the way that they are. They've allowed teams to change their badges, their club badges, which I get. This is one thing. It's not like, you know, they're wearing a badge when they become the FA Cup champion or the Carabao Cup champion or, you know, whatever. This is the best club team in the world. And I think that you would want to showcase that during their games to show that your league, which you consider the best in the world, has you know, for the first time in over 10 years, the best team in the world, according to, you know, them being the FIFA Club World Cup champions. I don't know. To me, it's just, it's, it just seems a little dumb. Um, I understand, you know, there's those purists out there that thinks that it, you know, destroys the kit or whatever, but it's, it's one thing. I mean, they're wearing badges on their, on their sleeves constantly. Um, advertising on their sleeves. I think that this is so much better than you know, having something on there for Carabao or, I don't know, EA Sports or something like that. You know, this is actually something that's actually competition related. Shows are the best club in the world. The France is wearing it now for winning the World Cup. Germany was wearing it before that. And Spain was wearing it before that. And I don't think it takes away. I think the fans love it. Um, I'm sure a lot of fans are going to be, you know, when they win the Premier League in a few months, fans are going to be rushing out to get the new Liverpool jersey with the FIFA uh, Club World Cup badge and the gold Premier League badge. So 
I don't I don't know. I just don't see it as, as an issue like, you know, the league does uh, or the FA, excuse me, sees it as, a, as an issue. But um, yeah, they did wear it last night during the FA Cup. So obviously it's not that big of a deal. It's not like it's they're advertising something that they shouldn't be. Um, next thing, uh, speaking of the Club World Cup, uh, there's going to be another one this coming December that's in the current format that Liverpool just wanted in. But as I've spoken about before, uh, in 2021, which is next year, which is crazy. Um, the Club World Cup is going to 24 teams. Um, but recently, CAF, the African Confederation, they moved their continental championship from the January-February time frame to the summer. Now, they do theirs every two years. So uh, it was always an issue having it during January-February time frame because... Um, you know, you have players in the Premier League, France, Germany, Italy, whatever. They would have to leave their club teams in the middle of the season to go down to Africa, play for their national teams. You know, there's the risk of injury, you know, whatever, whatever. And, you know, some players would come back and they need, you know, a few days or a week or whatever to, to readjust. Um, not necessarily from the time, but just from, you know, training with their national team and um, getting back into their squads. Um, but now, because... FIFA is changing the Club World Cup from December to next summer. Now, CAF is saying, oh, well, we, we may potentially move the Africa Cup of Nations back to the January, February timeframe just so that it won't conflict with the FIFA Club World Cup. Now, me personally, I don't understand why you need to have uh, your continental championship every two years. I mean, Africa has just as many countries as Europe. And Europe still does theirs every four years. You know, they have it offset with the World Cup. Um, I think that would be a better idea. I mean, look at look at South America and Bowl. They do. <laughs> yes, they've had multiple uh, recent um, Copa Americas, you know, because they had to do the 100th anniversary. And then, you know, they were just constantly changing their format. But now they're on an every four year, the same year as the Euros. So they had one last year, but they'll have one this year. Then after this year, the next one won't be till 2024, 2028, etc. So they'll have the World Cup, and then the next two years they'll have their Continental Championships, just like the Euros. And then the following two years they'll have the World Cup. I think that Africa should get on to a similar schedule. I think all confederations should probably do that. Because even in CONCACAF with the U.S. and Mexico, Canada, they have the Gold Cup every two years. I mean, there really is no reason to have the Gold Cup every two years. In my personal opinion, um, there's already, you know, they're already playing like a lot, a lot, a lot of football anyway. So why not just change it to every four years? I mean, and you have the World Cup in between there. Um, you know, CONCACAF is a little bit different. They have less teams in Africa and uh, and Europe. But at the same time, Bowl has less teams than CONCACAF does. And they still are doing theirs every four years. So I think it would be perfect if all the continents got on the same sheet and just did their continental championships on the two years in between the world cup. It would just streamline everything. It would just make everything a little bit easier. I get it that a lot of you know African players use the, uh, the Africa cup of nations in order to like showcase themselves to get picked up for teams in Europe. Um, I totally understand that. But uh, now the guys that are already on teams in Europe, or wherever else they're playing, they're going to have to leave their teams, their club teams, mid-season again, 
just to go play for their national teams. And it just, I don't know. And it, it just seems like there's a, a, a much better solution. Um, the secretary general or the president of CAF, I'm not sure which one it was, said that uh, it also had to do with weather conditions, which I get because, you know, I've been to some places in Africa in June, July, and it's it can be pretty brutal. But uh, the next one's going to be in Cameroon. I mean, the way that you adjust that is you make games either earlier during the day, which if that's not possible, you make the games at night. I mean, when the sun is going down, everybody knows that there's parts of Africa that are hot. I mean, there's parts of the Middle East that are hot. Um, during the summer, there's parts of, of Europe that are hot. So, um, I don't know. Weather considerations, I got it. But if you're just doing it just because of the Club World Cup, and we don't even necessarily know for sure if FIFA has totally determined how many slots Africa is going to have for the Club World Cup, um, I don't think that's that's a good enough reason. As of right now, it's still in you know June, July of 2021. Um, but keep in mind, they just had an Afcon last year in 2019. So um, yeah, so we'll see. Um, next thing I want to talk about. Oh yeah, before um, the new year, everybody knows how the Premier League their December schedule is crazy. It's it's stupid congested. Everybody plays a game. The day after Christmas, you know, on Boxing Day, um, everybody knows that. Um, if you ever played FIFA and you're playing with a Premier League team and you're still in all the cups, or if you're in the Champions League, even um, you, if you look at a December schedule, it looks crazy. It's like a game every three days. There's like eight games in December if you're still playing in all the competitions, and it can be pretty crazy. But you know, EA and you know the, the video game kind of do things weird sometimes where you might have a game on like a Wednesday and then you'll have another game on Friday and it's, you can't use any of the same players except maybe the goalkeeper. And you know, it's just insane. But somehow this in real life happened to man city where they had to play two games within 48 hours, which is pretty crazy. Now I get that at the same time, Liverpool had to play two games. Um, They had to play the club world cup final. And then like, the day before that, I believe, or 23 hours before that, they had to play in a Carabao Cup match. That's a little bit different because, you know, they made it to the Club World Cup final because they won the Champions League. So, you know, they should have been given a little bit more, like, leeway because of that. Um, plus, you know, with this new moving the Club World Cup to the summer, it'll completely alleviate that game or those two games that, you know, whoever would have to play in December. But, um, the Premier League just needs to do better. I mean, having a team play two matches within 48 hours is is pretty crazy. And they can easily adjust that schedule to either play the game, you know, when there's, you know, a better time slot. Like, take the El Clasico. It was supposed to happen in October, I believe. They ended up playing it in December. Um, so they had, like, match day 10 in December, even though all the other clubs were on, like, match day 17 or whatever it was. It's too easy to, to schedule those games later. You know what I mean? Especially if it's a if it's a league match. Like there's really there's no need to if it's a if it's a cup match, I got it. But league matches, you can reschedule those. Cause now you're just risking player, you know, health and whatnot. And don't get me wrong, like I enjoy when there's a lot of football on because, you know, I just have no issues watching a lot of football. But um I wanna see good football. So I don't necessarily wanna see, you know, 
whoever, Sergio Aguero, let's say, for example, on Man City playing, and then, you know, he has a pretty decent game, and then because it's a it's a league match a couple of days or a, the next day or the day after the next that they have to play, and now he can't play because he's not rested up enough, you know? And it's a league match. Like, people are play, paying good money for that. Like, Sky is not cheap, you know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I just think they need to they need to figure that out. But it may end up happening for them. Like an example that uh, that I can think of. It was you know almost twenty years ago now. But September eleventh in the United States changed the way that the the NFL did the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl used to always be the last. Um, used to be the last Sunday in January. Then September eleventh happened. And they had to like take a week off and they ended up having the Super Bowl the first week in February. The following season, they went back to having it the last Sunday in uh, in January. But then they I guess they decided, let's go back to the first week in February. And they've stuck with that ever since. So it was something that was unexpected. And, you know, September 11th was a tragedy, but it's something that completely changed the game and changed the way the playoffs ran. That was unexpected. And with that being said, because of the 2022 World Cup, granted, you know, we're two years away, two and a half years away, actually almost three years still away from it, um, because it'll be in December, November, December of 2022. The Premier League is going to have to figure something out because there's no way that they're going to be able to have that full slate of December matches. With, you know, players from it doesn't matter what what clubs they play for it matters their national teams so you know you don't want to have I mean I don't know we'll see if Sergio Aguero plays for Argentina I don't think so but there's going to be so many other players that are playing in the Premier League for you know whoever knows Italy Germany blah 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 Spain whatever you know Brazil whatever even that they're not going to be able to play for their national teams into December and then you know, come back into the Premier League and play, you know, like, let's say five games in two weeks or whatever, because that's that's basically what the Premier League is doing. So there may be an unintended unintended consequence that ends up being a benefit for some players with this 2022 World Cup. A lot of people like myself have been complaining about it, that it shouldn't be in December, November. That's not what they bid for, you know, and the whole corruption thing with Qatar and them even getting it. But this may actually change the Premier League. Um, what they could do is do what France is about to do. So France has two domestic cups next year. France will only have, or at the start of this, you know, this season in August in 2020, France is getting rid of the Coupe de la Ligue, their league cup, which is basically the Carabao cup. Um, they're getting rid of it in order to help with game congestion. Maybe the FA or the league needs to do the same thing and get rid of the Carabao Cup. I mean, the Carabao Cup final is going to happen in, like, February. And nobody really cares about the Carabao Cup. I mean, yes, it's a cup. I think the winner gets something. I don't know. Maybe they get, like, a Europa League qualifying spot, I think. Um, But I don't even know because that might just be the FA Cup. I have to look that up. But... uh, Nobody really cares about the Carabao Cup. Plus, the final is in the middle of the season, like the middle of the second half of the season. Like, nobody cares. FA Cup is huge. Everybody, it's the oldest football competition in the world. Everybody loves the FA Cup. Carabao Cup, nobody cares. They could get rid of that 
and that's going to free up some days. Um, and it's not it's not going to hurt, you know, the teams in the Premier League, the Championship, League One and Two. Like, it's not going to hurt them. Um, just get rid of it. I don't understand, like, the Bundesliga, they somehow still are able to have um, a winter break. Like, the Bundesliga completely has a winter break. Yes, they have two less teams than uh, all the other big, the big leagues in Europe. But they're able to have a complete, basically a complete month off. And, like, it hasn't snowed in my part of Germany yet, but... Nobody wants to play in the snow. Like, they still have, I think, two weeks, two and a half weeks left on the, the winter break. But I, I think that maybe that, that would benefit, too. Or even one week off. Like, give the players, like, the first week in January off or something um, in the Premier League. I think it would, it would benefit the league and it would benefit the players, definitely. But I don't understand how Germany can do it and... You know, I understand they have two less teams, but Germany can do it, and definitely the the Premier League can definitely do it because it's they're just wearing out the players. I mean, they're gonna, I don't know. Yes, playing in England, a lot of players want to do it, but I think they can make it a little bit more attractive if they. I don't know. Maybe that's why there's so much parity too, because there's they're wearing down the players so much that it's hard for teams to maintain, especially when you have top shelf players that are playing. You know, for their national teams as well. And you have all these summer competitions, like the international champions, whatever, Asian, whatever, Toyota Cups, and all this other stuff. Um, I don't know. That that's just my take on it. I think that they really need to scale back on on some of that. So, all right, moving on to some uh, VFB Stuttgart news. <laughs> so VFB Stuttgart has they sacked their their manager, and they bringing in someone that I have never heard of. His name is uh, Pellegrino Matarizzo. Um, he was uh, an assistant coach at Hoffenheim. Um, he was born in the U.S., but he's Italian also, so he has like you know dual citizenship, which I'm assuming his English should be amazing because he was born in New Jersey. Um, but at the same time, they're bringing a new manager. They got rid of two of my favorite players from the team. Ugh. I wish the manager luck. We'll see how it goes. They're sitting third in the table right now. They won't play another game until January 29th. So they still have three and a half weeks left. Um, but they sold 22-year-old midfielder Santiago Ascasibar. And he's going back to the Bundesliga, the first Bundesliga. And he's going to be playing for Jurgen Klinsmann. Um, he's going to hurt the Berlin. Stuttgart got a reported 10 million euros for him, which I think he would probably should have been worth at least like 12 to 15 um but it is what it is on the other side um defender Emiliano Insua um who's you know he's always been one of my favorite players you know I follow him on Instagram um he's from Argentina uh, he's he's moving on he's already gone like he's going to the LA Galaxy both of these guys are gone like they're not coming back after the winter break or anything they're already gone with their new teams already, and it's just upsetting to see two of my two of the players that I really really liked on the team that are leaving. Emiliano Insua, you know, he's thirty years old, so you know, I guess he's on the wrong side of thirty, but he's still playing well. Uh, I wish him well in uh, MLS with LA Galaxy. Um, 
I'm sure he'll he should go in and be a starter. I would I would think. Um, Oscar Sibar, not sure. We'll see. You know, I wish him luck too. Um, whether or not he'll be starting, I would think so, but I don't know. Um, he kind of has a little bit of a temper too, which is one of the things that I kind of liked about him. He seemed to every game it seemed that I went like and was physically at the game it seemed like he always got a yellow card sometimes he would get ejected he'd get you know straight red um great player though and uh you know I'm gonna miss both of them I'm sure a lot of the Stuttgart fans are gonna miss them but uh yeah I mean that's that so um as I mentioned obviously and everybody knows transfer market is open um you know January you know hasn't really been too crazy over the last like couple of seasons no real like big moves um but you know there are players that are you know making moves for the summer already but uh one of them and I don't know how true this is because I've seen so many players linked to enter Miami um especially with them they're going to start playing in 2 months now but I've seen so many players linked to them that uh I don't know how true this is, but Man City's David Silva is, he allegedly has come to a verbal agreement to join Enter Miami during the summer. So right after the Premier League season ends, um, he, I don't think he'll be playing for Spain. Um, I could be wrong, but uh, he will be joining Enter Miami, allegedly. Now, about Enter Miami, I saw something that also said that Edinson Cavani and this was a few months ago, probably like four or five months ago. I think I even posted it on Instagram that he had agreed to a deal to join Inter Miami, um, you know, in the summer of 2020. Uh, but obviously, I think that rumor is completely false now because of this. Uh, I just read something that said he's headed to Atletico Madrid in the summer and he's already got a pre-contract agreement with them. Um but who knows, this could work out well for Icardi because, you know, with Cavani gone, it opens up a little bit of space. You still got Mbappe, uh, Neymar, um, and Icardi could be the third there. But, uh, yeah, allegedly Cavani is going to Atletico Madrid. Allegedly. Like I said, I read a few months ago that he had already signed a pre, or not signed, but he had agreed to a pre-contract agreement with Inter Miami. Take it with a grain of salt. Who knows? Um, one of the biggest transfers that's happened so far, um, the goal scoring machine from, um, Red Bull Salzburg, Erling Haaland, Haaland, he joined, uh, Borussia Dortmund for a reported fee of 45 million euros. So, you know, I'm sure they're going to have during this winter break, I don't know where they went. Um, you know, most of the German teams tend to go to Spain or to Italy or somewhere warm, um, you know, during that winter break to train and they'll play a couple of friendlies. So we'll see how that goes with him. Um, but I haven't seen him playing or anything or, and I'm, I don't really follow Dortmund, you know, outside of, uh, you know, the little social media. Um, but I'll look into that to see what games they have coming up, um, to see if, you know, maybe we can catch a snippet of him in a, in a friendly during the winter break. Um, all right. Juventus's Mario Mandzukic. I uh, guess he wasn't feeling the love anymore. Uh, he left Juventus and is going to Al Duhal from Qatar on a free transfer. He's already signed. He's already there. Uh, I think his first match will be playing in a, uh, I think it's an AFC Champions League match. That's what I read. Um, you know, so congrats to him. Uh, you know, he played well in the World Cup two years ago. 
Uh, but he's getting up there in age. So, you know, going to guitar, I'm sure, is a good move for him. Um, let's see. Oh, another one. Uh, I'm going to probably butcher this name. Even though I've used this guy on FIFA before. Him and Harlan. Uh, Takumi Minamino. Uh, he also left Red Bull Salzburg. And he joined Liverpool for a reported 70, or excuse me, 10 million euros. Um, he actually played last night in the FA Cup match. Uh, Liverpool against Everton. Uh, he played for about 70 minutes. Um, Liverpool won the game. I don't know how much impact he had. I didn't, I didn't get a chance to watch that game. But uh, I don't know. You know, obviously, he, he's a good player to the point where Liverpool wanted to pick him up. Um, like I said, I played with him in FIFA, and he was really good. Like, he was, he was really, really good. I actually brought him to some other teams once I ended up leaving Red Bull Salzburg. But... Uh, He's a good player, and to get him for only ten million, he's a um, Japanese international. So to get him for ten million euros is, is pretty damn good. So, all right, um, I'm gonna hit over these. Uh, so obviously, Bundesliga is still on international break, and RB Leipzig is on top of the table. I'm not gonna rehash that, but just to cover the other uh, four from the top five leagues um, in the Premier League after 21 matches. Um, let's see, we got Liverpool on top, they got a game in hand with 58 points, uh, Leicester City's in second with 45, Man City's in third with 44, Chelsea's in fourth with 36, Man United with 31, and Tottenham's in sixth with 30, down at the bottom for relegation, uh, the relegation battle, um, right now sitting in 17th place, we got Ashton Villa with 21 points, Bournemouth in 18th with 20 Watford in 19th with 19 points and sitting way down on the bottom. I mean, they're, I I can't believe they're doing this bad, but in last place, we got Norwich city with only 14 points after 21 matches. That's, that's pretty terrible. Um, let's see La Liga after 19 matches, we got Barcelona on top with 40 points. Uh, and second, we have Real Madrid also with 40 points, but you know, it's goal differential. In third place, we got Atletico Madrid with 35 points. Sevilla doing well and sitting in fourth with 35. Uh, In fifth, we got Real Sociedad with 31. And Valencia is in sixth with 31 points also. At the bottom, um, in 17th, we got uh, Celta Vigo. In 18th, we got Real Mallorca. 19th, we got Legonis. And in last place, we got Espanyol. Um, Syria. Uh, It's after 17 matches, except for a few of the teams. Uh, We got Inter Milan on top. They actually play tonight. Um, They're sitting on top with 42 points. Juventus is in second, also with 42, but because of the goal differential. Lazio in third with uh, 39 points. I believe they play tonight or this coming weekend. Um, We got Roma in fourth with 35. Atalanta in fifth with 31. And uh, Caligari in sixth with 29. And at the bottom of the table, in 17th, we got Sampdoria um, with 15 points. They got a game in hand, though. Um, Brescia in 18th with 14. Genoa also with 14. And in the last place, we got Spal with 12 points. All right, Liga uh. Uh This is after 19 matches. Um, we got PSG. They got a game in hand. They got 45 points. In second, we got Marseille with 38. Rennes with a game in hand. They have 33 Lille um, in fourth with 31. 
Nolte in fifth with 29, and Rams also with a game in hand. Uh, they're sitting at 28 points. At the bottom of the table, we got Mets and Amiens both sitting at 17 points, but Amiens has a game in hand. And Nem in 19 points, also with a game in hand. They have 12 points. And Toulouse in last at the very bottom with 12 points. Ugh. Yeah, it's pretty bad for some of those teams. Some of those teams I just didn't expect to see down there, especially like in the Premier League, Norwich City, I thought they would do so much better than they're doing. Uh, but, you know, still a lot of, lot of football left to play. All right, so let's talk about cup matches. Um, we got the Carabao Cup, which I mentioned. You know, I don't really like Carabao Cup, but uh, we're down to the semifinals. So um, tomorrow night, we got Manchester United hosting Manchester City, another Manchester derby. Um, that should actually be a pretty good game just because of the two teams that are in it. And, you know, Manchester City is definitely chasing trophies this year. Um, and Manchester United is just chasing wins. Um, and then in the other semifinal, we got Leicester City hosting Aston Villa. That game will be on Wednesday. Um, but then the second leg for both, uh, let's see, the Leicester City second leg, Leicester City, uh, Aston Villa second leg is on the 28th. And then the Manchester City second leg, Manchester United, Manchester City second leg is on the 29th. Um, and then, you know, we'll see who's, who's in the final. Uh, but I think the winner of that uh, Manchester Derby will probably end up winning the Carabao Cup, to be honest with you. Um, let's see, Spanish Super Cup. This is going to be held in Saudi Arabia. I talked about this months ago on the podcast because they decided to not do the Super Cup in the beginning of the season like most leagues do. They decided to turn this into a little mini tournament, um, you know, mainly because, you know, there's so much money involved in it with Saudi Arabia. Um, but now it's the winners of the the league, La Liga and the Copa del Rey, and the runners-up from the league and the Copa del Rey. So in the first match, we got Valencia. We'll be playing against Real Madrid on Wednesday. January 8th and the other match we got Barcelona playing Atletico Madrid that'll be on Thursday January 9th and the final will be uh, obviously between the winners of those two matches on January 12th so um, let's see some of the the big matches that are you know going to be on today if you guys are looking for matches to watch um, I got Napoli hosting Inter Milan in Syria and then in the FA Cup we got Arsenal hosting Leeds. Now, you know, obviously I'm, a, I'm an Arsenal supporter. Um, you know, they got their new coach, Mikel Arteta. Um, but I know I mentioned, you know, probably a month, month and a half ago um, about the documentary on Amazon Prime about Leeds. It's really good. It's narrated by Russell Crowe. And, you know, I learned a lot about Leeds. I remember, you know, when I first started really watching football, they were a pretty decent team in England. Um, they've obviously fallen off because, you know, money, selling players and, you know, financial mismanagement. But now they have uh, Marcelo Bielsa as their, as their coach. And, you know, he's been doing an amazing job right now. They're sitting on top of the championship, um, aiming for promotion, which I think, you know, they didn't get it last year, um, which if you watch that docuseries, you'll see. Um, but I think this year, I think, they're going to get promoted. They're going to win the championship and then they're going to be in the premier league next year. But uh, that's why this match is interesting to me, you know, because I know, I know a lot about both, both teams now. 
um, that, that matches on tonight. Um, so I'll probably definitely be catching that. Um, probably for sure. I'll be watching that. Um, all right. Big matches we got over the weekend. We got Tottenham hosting Liverpool in the EPL. That'll be on Saturday. Also, uh, Lazio hosting Napoli in Syria, also on Saturday. And then uh, Inter Milan hosting Atalanta. Um, you don't Saturday. have any events on your calendar for Saturday. So, thank you, Siri. Thank you for butting in like that. Sorry about that. I guess I maybe I should start seeing the Italian league <laughs> so my watch doesn't uh, think I'm talking to it. Um, and that just shows you how boring my life is. Siri lets you know I have no event schedule for Saturday. That's entirely too funny. Um, okay, so big <laughs> matches for Sunday in the Italian league. Um, we got Roma hosting Juventus. And in Liga 1, the French league, we got PSG hosting Monaco. Now, Monaco has made a drastic change since um, the beginning of the season when they were in dead last. It seemed like it took them forever to, uh, to finally you know, get some points and um, you know, actually like get on the board. But uh, they're not in the relegation spots anymore. They're um, Actually, let me see where they are at right now. Monaco's actually in seventh place right now. And, you know, they're hosting PSG. Or, no, sorry, they're, they're playing at PSG. Um, and we all know PSG, they've lost three matches this season in the league. But, uh, yeah, I, don't see, I can't see them losing to Monaco. But, like I said, Monaco has, they went from 20th, and now they're up to 7th. So any, anything is possible. Um, but we'll see. I'll, I'll probably watch that match. The same thing with the Roma-Juventus, if, as long as they're not at the same time. But this weekend, there's some, some pretty decent matches on. I definitely recommend you guys catching some of those if you get the opportunity to. Um, yeah. With that, though, I'm going to end the show. Um, I hope you guys have a, uh, a great week. You get to watch some, some matches. Thank you guys for listening. Again, Happy New Year. Um, I wish everybody the best. Um, please, if you enjoy the show, please like, subscribe, leave a review, um, email me, hit me up on Twitter, Instagram. It'll, you know, my contact information will be in the show notes. And I hope you guys have a great week. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you next Monday.